Play 92.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say. Monday. And we have a lot to get to today. Fight Song Roundup. We'll do that in the next segment where we will honor a certain number of college football teams and blow up another one. Chris Harrington is going to join us straight up at 10 o'clock. And then, good thing we have another open segment because we have so much to talk about. A weekend that was loaded with wins. Just Wins, 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 and more wins, although that's not the way it began. Friday night, I gather, Jeffrey, from your perspective. No, it, it most certainly did not. What happened there? MUS uh, season comes to an end. It's a couple of things. Number one, the east side of the state is so hyper-competitive that you can wind up playing a team that's got five losses like right. Knoxville Catholic and Knoxville Catholic had uh, a sophomore who's already got like ten SEC offers. I see. And uh, they're they were good. And they were good. Yeah. Their quarterback, I think, hit thirty-one of forty-one for three ninety-three. And good. We we Jets were a little sloppy. Yeah. Jets could use that. Jets. Uh, Jets could use that. Anyway, Jeff, Jeffrey could use that too. Um. So uh, that happened, and then of course, uh, we had the uh, Grizzlies. Going down and defeat. So this this weekend of wins, and we are about to get to those, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, then it then then we had uh, the Grizzlies losing to the Clippers, and uh, Taylor Jenkins assembling one of the great uh, Memphis Grizzlies rants of all time. Uh, saddle up, saddle up. Have you seen a T-shirt that says "Saddle Up" or "Effing Atrocious"? I have. And I, I, which do you think is the better T-shirt? I like "Saddle Up." I think "Saddle Up" is a better <laughs> "Saddle Up." Correct. And saddle that, it's up. not even. It's not even from a you know a language perspective. I just think sa- Normally, you'd hear like "Buckle Up." No, saddle. saddle there was sa- something about yeah. "Saddle Up" that I was like, "All right, saddle let's go." "Saddle Up" is funny. Yeah. And here's the thing: "Saddle Up." All you have to say is "Saddle Up," and anyone who's a Grizzlies fan understands that effing atrocious is implied. Correct. You know, you don't have to have effing atrocious on your T-shirt. You just need saddle up, and we know what's about to come. Plus, it also has a meaning of you're about to play the Grizzlies. Hey, saddle up. Correct. Like, you can, like, it's got all. That saddle can up become, that could become be a, a mantra. Growl, it could become a growl towel. Yep. Saddle up could be a growl towel, yep. although I don't know if they would do it with something. I mean, something I don't know if it's as good as Mim this, but, you know, that enge- saddle up. That engendered a $25,000 fine. So I don't know if you ever would do that. But saddle up could very well. You know what? It could be the mo- the, the motto for this season. Correct. You know yeah, what I mean? Here, here we go, up. ladies and gentlemen. Saddle up. Right? I mean, saddle up. In fact, like it, it really has broad implication. SMU is coming to town Saturday, Jeffrey. The pony. Saddle up, yeah. man. Right? So, uh Women's soccer, they play Notre Dame uh, in Fayetteville. Saddle up. Saddle up, baby. For the, in the next round. So we had that. And I think given everything, the loss probably worth it, given that it gave us this uh, extraordinary rant. They fell to 1-8 and eight against the Clippers. So as I said, we'll talk more about this in a minute. As I said, the weekend didn't necessi- they, necessarily. They fell to 1-8 and eight against the Jazz. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, against the yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, right. The, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't start necessarily uh, as a get it with a with a with a giddy a giddy uh, scream, if you will. Right. And um, but 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 then we had wins and wins and wins and more wins. They and, call it sacrificing pawns, Jeff. Yeah. So there you go. We got to get it, those L's out of the way early. Let, let's let's let us just. And again, we're going to do the fight song roundup next. We'll talk more about the Grizzlies with Chris Harrington, uh, uh, straight up at ten o'clock. We'll get to the Grizzlies here amongst the winds too. And then we got a good thing we have another segment because there's a million things to talk about, including firings. We got we've reached the firing season of college football, and so we have all of that to talk about. But to take the wins, um, in no particular order. Women's soccer defeated LSU uh, two to one. Two thousand seventy-three people. Also, we had a lot of tigers, tiger on tiger crime this week. That's true too. Mm-hmm. Tiger on tiger crime. Mm-hmm. Who is the bigger, fiercer tiger? Correct. Uh, and it turns out it's the women's soccer team. Um, and again, they are next because they were uh, shafted in the seedings. They're they now will no longer play home games. They're going to play uh, number uh, third seeded Notre Dame in Fayetteville. Uh, and so that is next. But a great scene out there Saturday night uh, as the Memphis women's soccer team defeats LSU 2-1 to one, uh, before 2,073 fans. So that was one win. I would argue that the most significant, most important win of the weekend, the win that maybe should have cheered you more than any other, is Memphis Tiger basketball destroying strong, but persuasively, emphatically, defeating Missouri 70 It was a dominant second half. It was a dominant second half. And uh, I said going into it that I could imagine either circumstance. I could imagine, oh, it looks like a team that's just thrown together, that's making mistakes, that doesn't know each other well enough, that doesn't have a settled... Uh, 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 a pecking order, or I could imagine them going in there, a bunch of experienced players, and throttling uh, Missouri and winning by double digits. And that is what happened. That is what happened. And if you are a Memphis Tiger basketball fan, and many of you are, um, this city historically is, uh, you should be absolutely giddy, giddy about what you saw. Because um, after getting off to a slow start, trailing by 14 in the first half, they absolutely demolished Missouri in the second half. 44 to 22 in that second half. And they looked like a team that just had everything you could want. Like, they, here's what they got. They got a point guard. Javon Quinterly was the best player on the court. Uh, 18 points, 7 of 10 from the field, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, ran everything. Like, he looked tremendous uh, after obviously being injured and looking slightly shaky or absent. Uh so far in the in the in the season was absolutely tremendous, and you're like, holy crap, that dude is everything you could want in a point guard. They got a big Jordan Brown. I've I, I've said this since I honestly since I set my eyeballs on him last Monday, whatever it was, and Malco started in front of him. Malco, God bless him, gives you energy, rebounding, great representative of the university, and all of that. But Jordan Brown is a weapon, and he is a weapon in the way that he just changes the way that other teams have to guard Memphis because you can throw the ball into him. So you've got a point guard, you got a center. Jordan Brown had 12, and then you got all the wings you could possibly want. I mean, you got, you got Jaquan Walton. He had 13. David Jones, he had a double-double. Caleb Mills, uh, he came in, and particularly defensively in the second half, was absolutely tremendous. And you know what you had? You had a kind of a pecking order. Really? The truth of the matter is, in the second half, it was largely eight players, and they were largely riding Javon Quinterly, Jaquan Walton, Jordan Brown, 
David Jones and Caleb Mills. And so now you've got a team that Ken Palm top 25, Gary Parrish is top 25 and t- top 25 and one. Top I, I, I don't know if it was the result of last night, but they're they're 26 in Ken Palm. Now. now they're, oh, they yeah. were, they had been up Correct. to, yeah. Um, but following Friday night. Following they, Friday yes. night, they, they were. Um, it was just an absolutely tremendous performance. Also defensively in the second half, and there was some concern about that. With the clamps down. Put the freaking clamps down. Missouri shot five of 26. Five field goals over the course of that entire second half. That's 19.2% field goal percentage for Missouri. That's a, it, the, the, the argument is, I think there is an argument that it is the it, – it, it's not the win that, that necessarily was most impressive on its own merits. It's not the best team they've beaten. I'll say that. Doesn't seem like it will be. But in terms of a dominant performance that makes you feel good about the rest of the season, I don't think there's been a better win in Penny Hardaway's tenure. Yeah, I'm with you. Again, context of we don't know what Missouri is or isn't. That's they, they could always wind up, the issue. They right. could wind up being, you know, one and, of the And even even they were picked to finish ninth in the correct. SEC, not second, not first, correct. not third. So we don't know. We don't know what they are, but in terms of regular season, early game, and allowing you to dream big, that was the type of win that you would like. I mean, you know, they beat Vanderbilt last year. Was that last year? That was, but yeah. I didn't think that. that was, I, but no that one was fought a, Vanderbilt. You didn't fool yourself in thinking Vanderbilt was very good. No. And, and, and on top of that, like, Memphis played well in that game and controlled the game, but they didn't have the – that second half where it was just – complete domination. Right. And then you're starting to see like, okay, Quinterly looks like what he was the the high well, he, end of yeah, what it, of what he be. could be. And well that's the thing. They have such that's the other the other difference between that and the Vanderbilt win. Obviously we think Missouri's better than Vanderbilt was last year. It's very clear the atmosphere was more fierce and intimidating no at Missouri than it was at Vanderbilt um last year. And then in addition, you can look at the players that Memphis has and just look at the and you understand that the that the ceiling is higher than last year. Yeah, you know, it la- last year it was okay. Kendrick's great, DeAndre's great. That now it's like, holy crap! Look at what they have. Like they are, they are a bunch of twenty-four-year-olds out there. You know, it was really impressive. Um, Rick Stansbury obviously did a great job of, uh, and I, I heard you. Um, are you guys talking about it on the afternoon show? He is one at Missouri with Mississippi State. He is one at Missouri with Western Kentucky, and now he's one at Missouri with Memphis. So he did a terrific job. It was just—I don't know what more you could have wanted. No, I mean that—that that, I mean, I guess if you want to nitpick a better first half, yeah, but well, yeah, that just set up like, the second half. In terms of, you've got to spend the entire second half. Thinking about man, this team could be really and just really honestly, good. it's fun to listen to. You know, you hearken back to the trip to wherever the hell it was, North Dakota or South South Dakota, South Dakota. wherever the hell it they was. They played that. They played that uh, tournament last week. I watched uh, Auburn when they and used Baylor. to be talking about man, this Memphis team has no offense. What a what a and well, that was another thing. Only eleven turnovers. What's that? Only eleven turnovers. Eleven, only eleven turnovers. You know, hundred percent. Like it was, it was, it was everything you could have wanted. Anyway, I was going to say to listen to the uh, the broadcast team talk about Memphis clowning Missouri. It was just on SEC Network, no less. It was just heady stuff for a Memphis Tiger fan, and I do think um, I've said it all along. With or without DeAndre Williams, I thought the ceiling was just as high because the ceiling is Final Four. The likelihood of reaching that ceiling increased with if you add a player like DeAndre Williams, but that's the ceiling for this team. There is enough talent that that is among the things that you can dream. Not predict, not expect. Sweet 16, not predict, not expect. But is this a team that could go to the Final Four? Is this a team that could go to the Sweet 16? It looks like it. It looks like it. Again, context matters. What's Missouri? We shall see. But my God, you get to you get to enjoy this for a little bit, 
and then you got a game Friday, and then you, you know, and then we're going to head off to more stiff games. But you go into these contests in Atlantis thinking, do some real damage there, too. Absolutely. Do some real damage, too. All right, so that was win number two. Uh, win number three, the Memphis football team uh, emerged victorious in overtime, 44-38 in a heart-stopping performance, yet another heart-stopping performance. Uh, and let's be honest, it was a mess of a game in many ways. Um, it was, I mean, <laughs> I, I credit the Memphis defense for, for four picks Except that quarterback from Charlotte was so awful. Yeah, I don't. How much I credit do you give him? Man, you know? I don't know if I do. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like, it was. You how were much on the field. You, like, you were on the field when he threw it to you. Yeah, and also, I can safely say Trexler was a new name for me. <laughs> like that, I could just like close my eyes. Like that smells like some private school football right there. Uh, Sean Wilson had one carry heading into this game for Charlotte. Nearly 200 yards. I, I didn't hear that. Where, where did you? That, that wasn't ever mentioned on the yeah, broadcast. Right. 100, right, exactly. Obsessively. 198 you, yards Richard. rushing, three touchdowns. 24, 198, three touchdowns. They ran all over Memphis, particularly in the second half. Um, and Memphis went down by 10 twice. There were also... Moments that made you wonder what the hell, like the the throwback to Seth, uh, the play, the throwback to Seth. I mean, we could throw that up on like, I need to start doing that. I need to start keeping track. Maybe this will be a, a project for next year. I want to keep track of some of the worst trick plays we see all year. <laughs> that one should Gotta be, be one. Of Not the, only that, the throwback to the quarterback who had left the game correct, already, correct. came into the game with uh, a bum shoulder, left the, left game, the game again twice, twice in, in consecutive right. weeks. Yes, and it had already in this very game left with a bum shoulder. That just makes it more tricky. That makes it. They weren't. Yeah, they didn't see that coming. That? That's a great point. Also, you know, Charlotte was really struggling to stop them. Right. 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 Yeah. No, they were just marching. Like, so anyway. Having said that, I just got to give them all the credit in the world. I give the players all the credit in the world. They won. For the eighth time this season, they won. I mean, you got a guy, Tanner Gillis, who came in as a backup punter. It's not easy to nail a 41-yard field goal to send it into OT. Like, that is, he'd already missed from 45, I think. And so you're like... Not only that, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, shouldn't they be trying to get it closer? Yeah. 41-yard field goal with 35 seconds left. Seth, 32 of 48, 329 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the, the only thing that just keeps coming to mind is, like, gutsy. Like, like I don't think – like, the argument is not – that eight and two means this is a great team. The argument is not that eight and two means that this team, this this program, is even back to where it was, or that they're going to beat SMU this week. Maybe we'll see. But the argument is that it's hard not to like this team just because, like, if you if you get caught up in the quibbling of like I. I posted something about the win on Twitter, and people are still trying to fire the coach. And whatever. It's, this just is not the time. I'm not telling you you have to believe in Ryan Silverfield. I'm just telling you that when they've won eight games, if you don't at least just pause everything to admire the resilience, and that is an overused word, it is an incredibly endearing, admirable spirit that they have that whether they're down to Boise or whether they're down to North Texas or whether they're down uh, here to Charlotte, like, they always find a way. And there is, like, A, they're not giving up on each other. They're not giving up on their coaching staff. If you can't look at Seth Hennigan and admire what he does, getting out there at a time when, when, when you know, it's very easy for college football teams, college football players to bail, either for other schools or for the pros or for whatever else, 
to show up with a bum shoulder and do what he does and go out. He hurt himself and he, again he was, running he was, for a first down. Even before he got hurt, you could just tell, like, oh, man, he's he's gutting it out. Yeah. Like, you could tell, like, he's I mean, not and, 100% even remotely close to it, but he's gutting it out. And the play on which he got injured, yeah. he's running for a first down. He wasn't hit. He just went down. And you can tell how injured the shoulder is because, like, as just, soon as, like, going, it's just down going down on to the contact turf. the yeah. turf yeah. causes a more pain like, it's clearly an effed-up shoulder. If we can't, like, stop the discussion around contracts, job security, well, at least to just for a moment to admire what they do, I think you're missing the point. Yeah. Like, the point is they're 8-2, and two, and they've set up a big game for this weekend. And, yeah, it, it, they're underdogs in that game. SMU beat North Texas 45-21. to 21. I shudder to think what the Memphis defense is going to do against SMU. But what the hell? Here we are. We're in mid-November, and we are talking about a at a about a, a big game Saturday. That's impressive, and it is a testament to uh, the spirit of those players. Yeah, I, I'm with you. To me, you don't have to be you don't have to be happy about the overall direction no, of the program you don't to, have be to be happy all for your in guys. On Ryan. You don't have to be all yeah. in on whatever. You you just have to be my god this is fun. This is like like in the, in the end this is the kind of the point. And by the way, they lost to Missouri 34-27. I don't know if you saw what Tennessee uh, the, the Tennessee Missouri game this past weekend, but that was I believe 36 to 7. I don't believe in the transitive property, but like yeah. that was they I think, came I close. Think Missouri's a better team. But yes, they I agree. Are, Missouri's a better team. Yeah. But um but that was like they have two losses, one to a Missouri team that's very good, obviously, and one to a Tulane team that they had that they were they were beating. There was another shout out I wanted to uh, uh-huh. put out on the air, Chandler Martin. I mean, those were those were some again. Yeah, we we talk about like how are you supposed to feel about the defense? Like I don't know, but that guy made several yeah. big yeah. plays where you're like, glad he's on the including team. the pick six. Yeah, but and, well, actually, the pick six was awesome. I thought the tackle though, crazy, uh, uh, yeah. like that. That was a massive, massive play to get the ball back. Did, by the way, stop them in OT. They did. Uh, I would also <laughs> argue Charlotte stopped themselves, but yes. That, whichever. With a little, a little column A, a little, a little column B. Yes. say, a little column A, a little column B. So there you go. Uh, Memphis beats Charlotte. So let's see. We've had the women's, we've had the women's uh, soccer win. We had the Memphis basketball win. We had the Memphis football win. And my God, it's true, ladies and gentlemen, we had a Grizzlies win. <clears throat> Over the Clippers. Win number two after losing to the Jazz and the uh, Taylor number Jenkins two. <laughs> and the Taylor Jenkins rant on Friday. Uh, they go on this West Coast trip and they're like, "Oh my God, this is going to be awful, right?" Like they're they're one and eight. They're heading on the West Coast. This is going to be awful. Uh, thank God for James Harden and the Clippers. The, the James Harden and the 0-5 Clippers. I, I, there were lots of favorite moments, and a lot. We'll, we'll play one of them here in a moment. I think Harden airballing it when he had a chance to tie in the, in the final two minutes. <laughs> he had a, a corner, wide-open corner three with a chance to tie in the final two minutes. That was fun. Um, the, uh, listen, we're not going to do a lot of highlights here. Let's do very brief highlights. Can we do the win-win-win thing just because we are not? We don't have how many we going to get. We're just going to play the uh, Memphis uh, up by one. Up by one in the final minute. Marcus Smart has the ball. Here's what happened. Smart working it in. Had it poked away from behind on the floor. Feeds it to Roddy. Roddy cutting the baseline. Gets a layup. What a play by Marcus Smart. He fell down and from the floor tapped it to a cutting David Roddy. Three-point Grizzly lead. All right, there's your highlights. Wasn't a work of art again, and even that play, even that play, no, that play almost felt like an accident. It's it well, it, I mean, it was an incredibly heady. Yeah. Yeah. He had to had the vision to tap it to Roddy, and you can tell it's, it is intentional. He's tapping it to mm-hmm. Roddy. Roddy goes in for the dunk, and uh, so that's beautiful. But in order to set it up, he lost lost the ball first. You know, right. you're up by one, and he's your, you know, the guy who. Is in charge of running things at this point, and he he loses control of the ball. But hell, you know what? Find a way, baby. Just like we were saying with the, uh, just like we were saying with the Memphis Tigers, tips it to Roddy, uh, and that puts him up by three. 
first quarter was like, oh, this is this is kind of attractive here. Uh, you had Canard uh, dropping in threes. They looked good. Seven threes. Uh, the first quarter, though, I was still, it's like, okay, I'm with you. It's like, it looks good, but you were thinking like, What's going to happen when Bain and Jaron come out? Correct. Yeah, no, that's even though it wasn't even though it wasn't Jaron's greatest game of the year. Oh, no, Jaren, but like Jaron couldn't shoot yesterday. I mean, it was yesterday. Yes, it was yesterday. Three of 15, 12 points. Um, no, as soon as they came out, it was like a yeah. It's here, like here come the Clippers. All right. Um, and so they reinserted. Uh, I I started to believe in the third quarter. In the third quarter, when they started extending the lead, because I kind of thought. All right, let's see how it ha- like let's see how this goes when they come out in the second half. And then when they started to extend the lead and they had a big enough lead in the fourth quarter, I was like, "Okay, I'm here." Bain with 27, uh Jaron as Jeffrey pointed out, not a great shooting night, 3 of 15, uh 12 points. Uh Luke 4 or 5 from deep, 13 points. Uh hit 3 in the first. That was a revenge game, obviously. But, yeah. And uh I I really don't. It is kind of a mis- remarkable that Bismack Biombo did not have a job. Like he's like look at all the look at all the crappy players who do have jobs. Right? Sure, all the crappy, including by the way, some of the Grizzlies who do have jobs, and Bismack Biyombo is out there without a contract and comes in and was really good again. Thirteen points, twelve rebounds, three assists, and two block shots. Has made has made a difference in terms of helping them to be a. I'm not going to call them a credible basketball team, a more but but more credible Functional. than they were. Uh, more not, functional. Not more functional. Yeah. I'm not even. No, no, no. no. Yeah. no I'm sorry. I was saying more, <laughs> more functional, functional than they were. More credible, more Correct. functional, but not necessarily functional or credible. Um, and there you Jeff, go. Jeff, it's the best team in the NBA on Sundays. Is that true? Pretty sure they're two and a. They're also no longer. They are no longer. Like for the longest time, they were like, all right, there's this one team with one win. Or there was Houston. There was two teams with one win. And then they were the well, – Well, they were the – they they, the, for the longest time, then, they were the team with no wins. Then they became the – yes, for the longest time, they were the only team with no wins. Then they were the only team with one win. But now, ladies and gentlemen, they've got company. There are two other teams with just two wins. Uh, the, and they don't have the worst record in the NBA. And they don't have the worst. Who that belongs to? That would be the Detroit Pistons at 2-9. and nine. at 2-9. and nine. Detroit has two wins. Washington. Yes, the Grizzlies are 2-0 two and two oh on Sundays. And so there you go. In terms of when we began the weekend and today, do you feel about this team's ability to win games – do you feel better or worse or the same? I still feel the same. Me too. And the largest reason I feel the same is, again, I'm open to the idea. Like, I think Jacob Gilliard in the starting lineup, like, I don't – we saw in the fourth quarter, like, he, he can get exposed a little defensively. But the biggest reason why I wasn't ready to jump ship on the whole Marcus Smart deal is I don't think – what you were trading for was Marcus Smart playing point well, what, guard. It, it, you know what? Jacob Gilliard as a point guard is an indictment of Marcus Smart as a point guard. Correct. Like that, that, no, that's, that, yeah. that, 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 like the fact that, my God, they, it looks more cohesive and functional yeah. with Jacob Gilliard as point guard shows definitively that Marcus Smart is not a point guard. Correct. But I would but, also argue it makes the team better. Right. And it makes the team better because it puts Marcus Smart correct. in a position that is not point guard, which is the position he will play exactly. when Jock comes back, which, which is, is what they trade not for. point guard, which is what they ultimately traded for. Um, I don't feel better or worse about their. I, I just I don't ability know. Again, we, to win we, games. We'll be it's able gonna to be. It's gonna be just you know. We'll be able to watch, but my suspicion yesterday, and you don't ever apologize for winning, Jeff. But my suspicion was yesterday said more about the Clippers than it did the Grizzlies. <sighs> it was. But here's the thing. We've seen them before go into Portland and lose too, right? Like the whole we've seen we've seen whole, that same game script. We've seen them lose that game. Well, and we've seen them lose two to the freaking Jazz. Yes, right. So all you're hoping to do here is to scrape out the occasional win, right? To somehow because another team stinks or because another team has an off game or because another team doesn't take you seriously or because Desmond Bain goes for 59 someday or something to pick up the occasional win until Jock comes out. Anyone who has any greater ambitions for this team, I think is 
is is sadly misguided, honestly. No, I, I'm with you 100%. We now need to recalibrate. Forget who the Grizzlies are playing. Like, what matters is just, like, you have got to figure out a way to get as close to double-digit wins for when Ja comes back as humanly possible. It doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter what no night. There's no way they're having double-digit wins. I'm, I'm with you, but you got, back. my point is, like, as many as you can get. And then in terms of the officiating um, Friday, it was atrocious. I, I mean, I let you, you compare what Draymond Green gets away from what, routinely and then what Jaron gets to, you know, whatever. Like, no question. It's, is there a double? 100%. Like, 100%. And um, we've often said you can't, you can't judge officiating simply by looking at the free throw disparity, disparity yeah. of free throws, and so we won't necessarily do that. There was a large disparity, 29 to 13, in free throws. It was a product of a horribly officiated game. I mean, Brevin was going crazy, right? You yes. know, like, it was a horribly officiated game. But if it was a horribly officiated game where the Grizzlies were a game above 500. Eh, nothing. This wouldn't happen. No, there's no question. Part of it was the the necessity of like this is a game they needed, and then just another the frustration of everything this season yes. is why I think we were saddling up. Um, it does join now some other great rants in Grizzlies history. Um, David Fid- Fizdale's take that for data. They're not going to rook us. Those are both two two sound bites in a They're single. They're not going to rook us. Yeah. Take and that for data. In a single, in a, and that was in a that was after a playoff game. Correct. Uh, you had Dave Yeager, not a rant, but Dave Yeager weeping mm-hmm. after a playoff loss. Like that was a memorable coaching uh, moment, uh, emotional coaching moment. Uh, you had Lionel Hollins saying champagne taste on a beer budget, but the truth of the matter is that wasn't any kind of a rant. That was just. Those were thoughts. It was just, he was just talking. Mm-hmm. He was just talking. It became a thing. I think saddle up and effing atrocious, it can't compare to take that for data or not going to rook us simply because one's regular season with a really bad team and one is postseason. And postseason, it's, it's just like no, a, it's big, a, different just like a agree, big comeback yeah. in a playoff yeah. game win is it better than a big comeback win in a regular season win, right? Totally agree with you. So, uh, but still, I was glad to see it. It was, it was entertaining. It was certainly entertaining. We had a lot of entertaining emotional uh, outbursts. Oh, we'll get to some of them. We talk about college football, and we will do that next. Before then, I will tell you that uh, if you're selling your house, Josh Heisaw would be the person to contact. Steve gets a job in Arkansas. And is, is happy about that. That's great. But he didn't want to own two houses. So what does he do? He goes to see Josh Heisaw, and not only does he soon have multiple offers, he has one that is well over the asking price. There you go. I'm not saying that will happen for everybody um, who goes to see Josh Heisaw, but Josh will sell your home for 100% of your list price, or he will pay you the difference, or step in and buy it at a place price that is acceptable to you. It's Josh Heisaw and his team at Keller Williams Realty. Phone number is 901-461-8147, 901-461-8147. Or you can look up at joshsellsthemidsouth.com. Back in a moment with Fight Song Roundup, then Chris Harrington, then more. It's Jeff Gawkins Show on a Monday, 92.9 FM ASBN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Trista Crick with BetQL. The Broncos visit the Bills on Monday night, and here's a bet to consider. The Bills are 7.5-point favorites, but that's a number that you should be very wary of. Buffalo has not covered the spread in five straight games, while the Broncos have covered two straight, including a suffocating win over the Chiefs last week. Denver seems to put their troubles behind them, so even if you don't like this team, take the Broncos and the points because Buffalo is struggling. I'm Trista Crick. Helping you beat the books and bet smarter with BetQL. Download the BetMGM app today. 
At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's pro time at Lowe's. Get big savings and rewards during Provember. Right now, buy one exclusive DeWalt 20-volt Max XR Power Detect two-tool combo kit. Get one select Power Detect Bear tool free. That's up to a $249 value. And there's more. Save $200 on a DeWalt 12-inch dual bevel sliding miter saw. Because Lowe's knows tools. Lowe's knows pros. Valid through 11-22. While supplies last, selection varies by location. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. Is with Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. Get ready to start the NFL week off right right now. All customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay for Thursday night football, and finally, it's a good one. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Bengals and the Ravens. How about that? The Bengals and the Ravens. Get bonus bets back if you don't win. So if you win, great. Cash, you win. If you don't win, you get bonus bets back. You can build your own same-game parlay or use one of the popular same-game parlays parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sports book app. FanDuel is safe, it's secure, it's official betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new and existing users, no sweat, same-game parlay. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Calkins, C-A-L. K-I-N-S. Must be 21 or older in present Tennessee. Refund issued is nominal, bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund, five bucks unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call Tennessee. Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, this is Jay Gaddis from James Gaddis Jewelers. Looking to pop that big question? My family is here to help. Come meet with Philip or James to find the perfect ring. Have something truly unique in mind? Well, if you can dream it, and even if you can't, we can create it using state-of-the-art AI software. So before you shop online, stop by James Gaddis Jewelers and see why Memphians have trusted my family to help them express their love for over 70 years. Located in East Memphis at 4900 Poplar Avenue near Mendenhall. James Gaddis Jewelers, your family jeweler. It's time to talk trash, Mid-South. This is Rick West with Waste Connections and Team Waste. Our Memphis and Collierville campuses are currently hiring CDL drivers, driver helpers, diesel mechanics, and PM techs. We offer competitive pay, great benefits, and at the end of each workday, you get to be home with your family. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers at wasteconnections.com and be a part of a great team. Connect your future with Waste Connections and Team Waste. When you think of Medicare Advantage, you may think of your doctor's office. But what if your plan offered care that went beyond to your grocery store? Where a healthy grocery allowance turns eating well into living well. Or on your street, where you get help with transportation to a checkup. Medicare Advantage plans from WellPoint. 
Your whole health is our whole point. Services are provided by WellPoint Texas Inc. or WellPoint Tennessee Inc. WellPoint is a Medicare Advantage plan with a Medicare contract. Enrollment in WellPoint depends on contract renewal. When it comes to home comfort, there's only one name you need to remember. That's Landmark Heating and Air Conditioning. Still family-owned and operated, we've been keeping you comfortable with superior service and exceptional products for over 50 years. Whether it's routine maintenance, emergency service, or a complete new system, our trained professional and friendly staff is always ready to assist you. For all your home comfort needs, we are the comfort company you can trust. Call us today at 365-4260 or visit us at landmarkheatingandair.com. How do you know I have three sons? You know where my three sons and I all go for our dentist needs? Of course we go see Dr. Medi Sadegi. Of course we do. We have been for years. Visiting the Smile Center makes going to the dentist actually a pleasure. Teeth well taken care of for and it is a delight to go see him. He and his clinical staff have all been vaccinated. You can go see him for yourself. Just call 309-1333, 309-133, located 1941 South Germantown Road in Germantown near Saddle Creek. Visit SmileCenterMemphis.com. Flu season is here. Protect yourself and your loved ones with a seasonal flu or senior flu shot at the Shot Nurse. With three locations, it's fast, convenient, and easy. Plus, it's free with most insurance. Or for groups of 10 or more, the nurse can come to you. Call 901-685-9999 or go to shotnurse.com to book your group appointment. The Shot Nurse is your wise choice. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. Be the change you want to see. Join the Memphis Police Department. Salary starting at $54,611, increasing to $60,713 after probation. Benefits include a $15,000 sign-on bonus, up to $10,000 in relocation assistance. Other incentives include pension, health, vision, dental, and life insurance, 25-year retirement, take-home cars, over 75 specialized units. For more information or details, visit joinmpd.com. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Well, it feels like the holidays are bearing down upon us. I'm happy about it, honestly. Hey, you're going to be getting together with family, co-workers. Sometimes you'll kick it, cook at home. Not a bad idea to head out to Bounty on Broad, though. Have a big old jolly dinner. Pork belly confit for all. <laughs> and finally, here's a beautiful thing. As you go there, you, uh, you get a beautiful restaurant. It's all served family style. You can get everything. A little bit of everything. And uh, so whether it's with a friends or family coming into town, think about Bounty on Broad. 410-8131-2519 Broad Avenue. Or, by the way... You can think about it over a couple of martinis uh, Wednesday between 5 and 6. 25 cent per martini Wednesday between 5 and 6. Half price bottles of wine, glasses of wine all day on Wednesday. It is Bounty on Broad. 410-831-2519 Broad Avenue. Let's do the Fight Song Roundup. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm a right song. Cause I still got Listen, we uh, talked about Memphis in the open. Not going to spend a lot more time talking about it here, but shout out to the Tigers. Beat Charlotte in overtime, 44-38. They had to do what they've done. They, they, like after that loss to Tulane, they just had to win them all. It's not always easy to win them all, Jeffrey. Jeff never is. It's not easy to win them all. Uh, ask Oklahoma how easy it is to win them all, for example. Uh, oh, and, they had good kids on Saturday night. And uh, so uh, so there you go. Uh, Memphis triumphs to set up a massive game this weekend against SMU. It's an 11 o'clock kick. 
So you might still start tailgating at Bounty on Broad uh, Wednesday between 5 and 6. Um, Seth Hennigan is a warrior. And uh, they deserve this moment. I'll say that. They fight so damn hard. Whatever their imperfections, they deserve this moment Saturday. And so good for them. What's next? fight song in the land. I've gone out, personally scouted all the fight songs, mm-hmm. Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. I've sent teams of people to fight the mm-hmm. other fight songs, and I've concluded that this, all signs point to this being the best fight mm-hmm. song in the land. Michigan beats Penn State without their head coach, who died terribly Friday. Correct. Tragically. Tragically was killed, accounting for all the tears and emotion on Saturday. Let's have a moment of silence for Jim Harbaugh. All right, fire it up again. Uh, the Big Ten goes ahead and suspend, as you may have heard, suspended suspended Jim Harbaugh. Oh, that's right. I have to say, I, I really do think, like, I know when you're when you're when you're in legal proceedings against someone, the goal is to win, right? But when it's legal proceedings against someone in your conference who is part of like one of the most important members of your conference, it does strike me as damn right cowardly to file late on Friday so they couldn't get a judge. Like, I mean, I know you're trying to win. Yeah. But if you have the courage of your convictions, like, why do you slip in at the last... Are sure that's what they did? Because I still think it's more likely than not that they were just trying to news dump it. Hey, you can't news dump this. It's everywhere. Um, anyway, there was no there was no Jim Harbaugh. I think it's a I think it's a mistake. I I, I acknowledge there are cheaters. I think uh, I think they should be punished for cheating. But I don't think you should change the procedures and speed things up uh, because because you took a conference call and everyone's mad. Right. I, I think it's a stupid decision. And uh, anyway, Michigan then they goes out. But remember, they did not they did not. Uh, punished Jim Harbaugh. They punished Michigan. Right. Right. By not having him. He can coach during the week. He can recruit. He can do everything else. He can coach in the Big Ten championship game. He can coach in the playoff. Just can't coach against Penn State. Uh, or this week against Maryland or against we'll see. Ohio State. We'll see. That now is the uh, court proceedings on that set for Friday morning. In the meantime, Matt, uh, Michigan goes out and runs the ball down Penn State's throat uh, to win this one. There was not a single official pass attempt in the second half. There was one attempted pass. It was a pass interference penalty. And then they also called a pass play that just became a J.J. McCarthy run or whatever. So ran 32 straight times to end the game. And, by the way, on those 32 straight runs, they averaged 4.9 yards a run. On those 32 straight yards, runs to end the game, and uh, and so Michigan wins, uh, and then we have an incredibly emotional Jeffrey, an emotional Ron Moore. I who, mean, uh, an all-time promo. It was great. I, and listen, I, I it was was it over the top for him to say uh, everything he said, um, and yes, it was. He was weeping. It was as if Jim Harbaugh had died. But I loved it. Like, like oh, it, no, it was it, great. It theater. became professional wrestling. Like, yes, it, like, well, who the we're hell? in the WWE What's era. Not, exactly. What's not to like about this? He this. also, he also, for those keeping track at home, he obviously thanked Coach Tarball. Uh-huh. He thanked the university president. First God. First God. Well, yeah, yeah first sorry, God, God first. But then very quickly to Jim Harbaugh. Right. The son. Correct. Sits at the right hand. The university president, the AD, and the kids. Blake Corum then, uh, then then pops up on the on the post game too, and he's all bloodied. That was impressive too, wasn't it? The bl- it looked how many layers? I kept thinking like <laughs> how many layers of skin is that? Like right. I was like, get a helmet that fits better, dude. Twenty six rushes, one hundred forty five yards, two touchdowns, and uh, and there you go. On the uh, flip side, by the way, Penn State. Now uh, James Franklin four and sixteen against Ohio State and Michigan. Three of 17 against top 10 teams under James Franklin. So what do you do, Jeffrey? You fire the offensive you coordinator, fire Jeff. fire the OC. That's, That's lesson one. Exactly uh-huh. right. Uh, I will say, though, I'm not like the world's 
biggest James Franklin fan, I would like to be fair to him. How many times has the Penn State coach had to deal with maxed out Michigan and maxed out Ohio State at the same time? Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a problem. Like, if what are the chances if you hire if you if you were to to uh, pull a Jimbo Fisher here right. and fire James Franklin, which I don't believe anyone thinks they will do, um, it, it's possible he could go somewhere else. Like, sure, whatever that that read the old ma- clock reset. Um, what are the odds you're going to get someone who's better than James Franklin? Probably not as good. Now you might beat Michigan if Harbaugh leaves Michigan or whatever sure. else. Like there might there, there might be times the program's ahead of Michigan, but. Um, uh, that defense is fierce. I mean, the defense, like, that's the other thing. It's like, at a certain point, they'd kept them in the game for so long. But the reality is, it's like, Drew Aller's not it. And also, in fairness to Drew Aller, I didn't see anybody that was sitting there, like, standing wide open. Right. And you're like, man, he just missed that guy. Like, <sighs> that, was a, that was a personnel game. That was fun. It I was, did find myself thinking, though. It was great fun. It, as we were mourning the loss of Coach Harbaugh. May he rest in peace. Yeah. I was thinking about how funny it would be. As good as he was a football coach, a better man, really. No question. Yeah. You know, he's obviously going to be missed. His family yep. is is dealing with unspeakable <laughs> trauma right now. I found myself just laughing at the thought of, imagine if I would have come out after Jaws' second suspension and, like, I would have just been weeping tears <laughs> about how much I miss him oh, and yeah. whatnot. It's like, literally, the dude's been suspended For twice cheating. in the same year. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Once you self-impose the suspension. Yes. No, it's great. It's fantastic. All right, what's next? We got to move on. Hello. Woo. That was impressive. And an Ole Miss, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're looking forward to this game. It's a test. It's a, you know what? It's a free shot, right? It was. You're looking forward to it up until. What, about the second drive, would you say? Third drive? The first drive, they came out, I honestly thought they had one of their best drives of the year because considering the opponent, like everything, like I thought they had a great drive. And then I think when you saw it took Georgia like six plays to answer and they never saw third down until like the second half. I kept waiting for a third down. Correct. Like you you kept saying, just get off the field, just get off the field. Well, they never really had a play to get off of the field. Um... I think what you also saw. Uh, you, by the way, you 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 told me a couple weeks ago you were starting to like Carson Beck. Yes, really impressive. Now and again, same time. I really love Carson Beck. He never got touched. No. So like at a certain point, but to me the the biggest deal in this game was this was the very first game of the year that Georgia had their left tackle Mims, they had Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey on the field, and I think you saw that offense can be as explosive as any offense in the country. Brock Bowers back uh, three weeks after uh, ankle surgery. Tightrope. Tightrope surgery. Enders Shout out lexicon. to him. Uh, 611 yards of offense for Georgia. And uh, Jeff, I cannot listen, remember the last time I saw... good season, but my God, there's a, there's a disparity there. I cannot remember the last time I saw 611 yards of offense. 311 through the air and 300 on the yeah. ground. Woo. There's a All difference right. between a playoff team and a good team. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, maybe playoff teams. Uh, the SEC championship game is set. Alabama versus Georgia for a change. Who could have seen this coming? Who could have seen... Uh, Jalen Milrow with emerging as a uh, weapon. Three touchdown passes, three touchdown runs, six touchdowns altogether, if my math is correct. As Alabama outgains Kentucky 445 yards to 253. And by the way, maybe not unrelated to Milrow's success, didn't give up a sack. Yeah. Like early in the season, constantly. Yes, right? they're off. Constant, constant. And pressure. honestly, Maybe that says more about Texas than it does, you know, maybe about Alabama. Well, it does raise this question. It doesn't really. Like, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're in. You know, they're going, right? They're just going. But do you now move Alabama ahead of Texas in the next ranking? 
you think? Man, I still Texas can't. struggling. Texas has a 26 to 6 lead, I think, yeah, or they, something. Been, they have a habit of playing with their food. Anyway. I just, I don't know how SEC you can ignore a, a, a head-to-head in which the road team wins Once, by double digits. Right. No. Uh, interesting. All right, next. Tennessee season is not what people had in mind. We could have blown up Tennessee, I guess, but we have other, a lot of other good candidates out there. Candidates. I didn't see this one coming. I didn't either, but I thought there were two key sequences in this game. The first key sequence was Tennessee throws the touchdown pass to Thornton, and then Thornton, Thornton like looked like he tore his quad or something. Right. You know, like. Thornton had been emerging as the actual deep threat, and they had been needing that to get the passing game going. After he went out, they really, really struggled moving the football consistently because they didn't have that threat. And then I thought the other key sequence was right before the end of the half, Tennessee's driving, and they're either going to probably tie it or perhaps take the lead. They have the fumble, and then Missouri's kind of playing out the half. You can tell like they're like, all right, bullet dodge. And then you allow Schrader to run and get him into field goal range, and then all of a sudden the game flips, and instead of being a tie game, you're down, you know, full touchdown. They did allow Schrader to run, I'll say that. And and catch, everything. <laughs> catch. 36 rushes for 205 yards, five receptions for 116. So not the not the not But I the, think what we're seeing is Missouri's clearly a good football team. Missouri's a good football team. It, it, it couldn't be more obvious. Missouri is a good football team. All right, we had uh, we're going to blow a team up here in a minute. There were some other things we should have should discuss very briefly. Washington beat Utah thirty five to twenty eight. That was imp- honestly it was a, the defense in the second half that was impressive in that one. Um, they trailed at the half and then came back and absolutely shut Utah down. And so Washington keeps winning, but they got Oregon State. Next week, it's at Oregon State, yep. at number 12, Oregon State. UNC, ah, this was a heartbreaker, beat Duke 47-45, to 45, and that was tough. We'll see if the Duke coach, Mike Elko, lands somewhere else. We're going to get to that in a moment. Jaden Daniels was superhuman, would you say? Yes, I mean I'd I know whatever record whatnot I'd still if I had a Heisman vote that's who I'm voting for. I think he's been the most outstanding player in college football this year. Throws for 372, runs for 234. It's just crazy. First player ever to run for, for to right. We'd seen the Manziel. The Manziel was yeah. run for 200, throw for 200. We'd this never seen crazy. someone throw for 300 and run for 200. Absolutely nuts. Um, all right. Uh, oh, go Cats. Northwestern beats Wisconsin. They're a wagon, baby. 24 to 10. David Braun, who comes in. It's a longer. hopeless situation, by the way. The first uh, Northwestern coach since ni- 1903 to win five games in his first season. They win at Camp Randall Stadium. Yep. Just ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. So we could bo- blow up Wisconsin, for example. But we have another candidate. Notice this, Jeffrey. Boise State won this past weekend. Fired their coach. And Texas AM, another team that could be blown up, Mississippi State, wins 51 to 10. And then they fire Jimbo Fisher, paying him $76 million. And by the way, they by already- the way, half of it is due in 30 days. Yeah. They've already paid him $45 million, by the way. Like, it's not like that's the all. He's already gotten $45 million. And he's going to get another $76 million. $76 million. Hey, don't have enough money to pay the kids, Jeffrey. Don't have enough money to pay the kids. Well, also, we did you see, Jeff, I don't know if this was $76 going around. $76 million. This was also going around on Twitter yesterday. During, you know, one of the timeouts when the athletic director and whoever the director of, you know, whatever the, the money, the athletic money foundation is, yeah. they were they were holding up the giant check of $176 million. <laughs> It's like, 
wow, they held up the check that actually was the buyout <laughs> during the game. I've never seen that before. And it's hard to say he didn't deserve it. Uh, I do think, he, uh, listen, at Texas A&M, 27 and 21. No, I mean, he's had this. In like, the SEC. It's been, you know, been everyone's pointing out it's like the exact same record as someone, if not slightly worse. I can't remember where we are on the, if it's still as bad or if it's not. But that is something else, man. Listen, uh, Auburn paid Gus Malzahn $21.4 million to go away. Yep. Is Jimbo going to coach again? Um, my Malzahn guess didn't didn't sit on his pile of money. This is a this pile of money is three times bigger though. Yeah, my guess is almost four times bigger. My guess is yes, but I feel like he's going to be a little more selective. He feels like a guy that kind of like needs a real reset. So who's going to replace him? And could it possibly be? Let's throw out the most interesting names, okay? Not not the most likely names. The most fun names that people toss out there are Dan Lanning.